Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of the Shift Spot. We are a CEO coaching and peer advisory community of fellow business owners who are passionate about making radical shifts in their businesses and their lives. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I have a combined 55 years of experience as an accomplished CEO, COO, executive coach, skill sets in sales and marketing, public relations, and peak performance for successful CEOs looking to scale their business with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, we can help. And we believe our support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests. So go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcasts. We'd love to have you. Hey, everybody, it's Winter here with the Shift Spotlight. And today we are here with John DeShazer of Logic Spree. And he can be found at logicspree.com. That's L O G I C S P R E E.com. Welcome, John, to the Shift Spotlight. Winter, thank you for having me. And hello, everyone. As Winter mentioned, my name is John DeShazer, and I'm the president and founder of Logic Spree. So um, we have a lot to talk about today, but first I got to talk about your background. You're yeah. in my hometown, which is pretty rare to for uh, for us to have a guest from Atlanta. So tell us how did you how did you end up in Atlanta? Most people don't uh, don't they weren't raised here like me, so they kind of ended up here. Tell us how you got here. I am one of the rare people that was born here. So yeah. I was born here in Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> raised, educated, and here I am. All right. So where were you born? What hospital? Northside. The baby making hospital. So, yep. uh, well, I'm really excited to talk to you today because you are somewhat of a a newer CEO, five to six years owning your yeah. own company, right? So you've you've definitely had some bumps and bruises along the way, along with some really great successes as well. And what we do on the Shift Spotlight, it's all about, you know, showcasing what we're really great at and what we've done well and what we sort of screwed up at. Too, because you know you learn as much from your mistakes as you do from your successes. So, at a high level, why don't you tell our listeners what you do? Yeah, at a high level, my organization, Logic Spree, we're a Salesforce professional services firm. So we help organizations implement Salesforce, but also manage that environment post go live as well. And we okay. focus on the small and mid market organizations. Gotcha. So, like, what type of industries or businesses do you work with? Yeah, so we work across various industries, but it's really about the size of the organization. So we we typically work with organizations that are between 50 employees to 300 employees or revenue between 15 million to 100 million dollars in annual revenue. So what is it about that employee count or revenue count that ends up, you know, meshing well with what you do? Yeah, so Salesforce um at that scale, um, that's where you get to a level of sophistication where support is really recommended and is needed. When you right. believe that a lot of times self-implementation is usually fine, but because it's such a flexible tool, it can help you scale. But once you start scaling, you really do need professional services or, or to hire someone in-house to help you uh, customize the tool for your new processes. Gotcha. Okay. 
Now, um, you know, Salesforce doesn't have the best reputation for being the easiest platform to use. And I noticed when I was, you know, doing some research that you say you've developed a reputation for transforming the complex into the simple and converting the simple into success. How exactly yeah. have you done that? Uh, to put it simply, by focusing less on the technology itself and more on the processes. So who's going to be using Salesforce? What are they going to be using it for? Why are they using it? And then, you know, how? So looking mm -hmm. at the end user and thinking of the technology as just a tool. So we focus mm -hmm. on seeing the business and the business model, the processes, and then adapting Salesforce to that versus the other way around. Gotcha. Okay. And so what, what do most people do when they're, when they're implementing Salesforce into a business? How, how does the reverse happen? Uh, they purchase Salesforce and they look to either implement straight out of the box, which is a pretty vanilla tool um, because it's extremely customizable, but it is not suited for every industry right out of the box. Mm -hmm. So organizations, they just try to use it out of the box or they try to configure it themselves in which mm -hmm. If you can dream up something, you can do it with Salesforce, but that is also a very dangerous thing. Right, right, so, right. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us a customer success story or an example of how Salesforce implemented correctly yeah. has significantly improved their sales or marketing or customer service operations? Because again, I think that we see the advertisements Mm -hmm. We see Salesforce out there. We know there's some sort of CRM thing going on, you know, but I think that the average person may not always understand exactly what Salesforce can do for them. Yeah. So Salesforce is really, it's really about scalability and scalability done with processes. Once you have to find processes, you can use a tool like Salesforce to drive that forward with your organization. And with those standard operating procedures in place, you can add new, new resources, add new people, but you can measure those outcomes as well. So whether it's you're looking at new leads, new customers, uh, new support tickets, or even new partners, you have a system that helps you manage your processes. And mm -hmm. one example that I had with one of our customers, when we came in with them, they were on the verge of canceling the Salesforce environment. Mm -hmm. or their contract with Salesforce because it had been overgrown. It had been developed in a way that it was not useful for their tool, for their team. Mm -hmm. so they came in and did an analysis of their business model, their processes, spoke with their end users to understand what their needs were. And then we spent the next month or next month and a half on reconfiguring Salesforce to align to those teams. Mm -hmm. Today, uh, they're leveraging Salesforce to scale their, their operations, to scale their, their organization. Um, because they're seeing the data, they're seeing what works, and they're seeing what needs to change as well. So it gives leadership that visibility, but it gives their team the ability to execute as well. Gotcha. Is that what the Logi test is that I've seen that you talk about on your website? Is that like how you diagnose the problem? Exactly. So the logic test is just that deep dive into the business processes, the technology they have, and what are their ultimate you know, needs. And then we come back with a recommendation around how Salesforce should be aligned to support their organization. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We do something similar at the shift spot. Um, our sort of diagnostic tool is the gap analysis where we yeah. kind of, you know, it's a, it's a healthy questionnaire and we kind of figure out 
what are the gaps that your business has and where do you need to allocate your resources to, you know, fix those gaps? And it sounds like that you do something similar on the technology side or the needs based on the needs of the business, then you take that technology and make it meet, fill those gaps for the end user. Exactly. And a gap analysis is, is a great way of putting it because that's exactly what it is, but it's really specific to Salesforce. Gotcha. So let's get into the brass tacks. So, you know, newer entrepreneur in the in the in the scheme of things, yet mm-hmm. successful, doing really, really well. And um, and so let's talk about what went well for you when you were starting your business. I mean, I know before we get into that, I know that you've got uh, you're being recognized in November for an award. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So I'm a finalist for the Atlanta Technology Professionals Technology Provider um, Service, uh, Technology Services Provider Award. Okay. Uh, and it is a, a recognition of successful technology service providers who've implemented new processes or have implemented new functionality for their customers to help them scale their organizations and help them drive success. So my team we are very process driven and so we like to identify what works and implement that for our customers across the board so we're not only helping you know our organization we're helping our customers succeed gotcha okay so that's really cool so tell us what you did right when you were first starting out yeah well um as i assume you use salesforce (laughs) yes um, by default yes um last month actually was our five-year anniversary so we made it five years. And what I'll say that we, what was successful right off, right off the bat is we started off remote, mm. um, 100%. And what that did was keep costs low for us. It reduced our overhead and allowed us to be more competitive when getting our brand out there and getting uh, more recognition as well. What I'll say to other entrepreneurs who are either starting off entirely remote or hybrid or even considering it is looking at systems that enable that. Um, because it's not just, you know, you go remote and everyone just picks up a phone and just operates. We invest heavily in technology ourselves. So we went from, say, leveraging Trello to Asana to now we're using Jira as well to manage our collaborative space and our requirements mm-hmm. for customers to internal intranets. Um, such as Notion, Confluence, or just Google Drive. Mm -hmm. A lot of these are low cost as well. They just require that, you know, read the manual or hire someone um, to help implement it and run it for you all. Right. So, I mean, um, that's very interesting that you started out completely virtual because, you know, how, how do you manage from afar? How do you know what people are doing, especially when it's not like you've, you know, got this extensive um, you know, like human resource background where you, you know, know exactly how to manage those people. So how, how did it go when you were first starting to like manage from a virtual role? Uh, for me, uh, I had a little bit of experience with that. So prior to starting this company, I worked at an organization called Blue Wolf, which is now part of IBM as a senior consultant. And while we did have an office here in Atlanta, we also work with offices around the world. Mm-hmm. That required uh, frequent collaboration. So for me coming in my own organization, I need to make sure that we had collaborative space, such as you know Trello to identify work. We need to have a means of tracking our time. 
as far as where we're logging against our clients or logging internal projects and then communication. So communication is really important. So for my organization, we have a, we operate off of the East coast standard time, regardless of where they are in the country. Mm-hmm. And we have standard response times as well. So that we always can stay in sync. So whether it's yep. a chat, email, phone call, we just have standard response times within East coast standard t- um, operating hours. Okay. And so then let's talk about some of the trials and tribulations. What was the hardest thing about getting a new business off the ground? Well, let's see. One of the hardest. I would say it's a really good question. There's a lot of things that are challenging. Getting a business off the ground, of course, getting new customers. But I would say as well, cash flow. But just mm-hmm. having cash in general to have the technology in itself to maybe to operate uh, the cash to pay your team as well and pay yourself. Right. One of the things that I do recommend for new entrepreneurs or you know experienced entrepreneurs as well, if they don't have a line of credit or have not looked into a line of credit, that is something that can provide flexibility as you scale. So that way you mm-hmm. don't have to pull out a direct loan or have to sell off part of your business just to have capital. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that a lot of um, newly started businesses, when it gets going and the steam gets rolling and, and there's a lot that happens behind the scenes before you start to see that kind of snowball roll down the hill, you, you don't, you don't see the person pushing the ball up the entire mountain behind it. Um, I think that a lot of people look at the business and say, wow, it's really successful. It's doing well. Like, they make it look easy, but it's kind of like the iceberg analogy where you're only seeing just the tip. You don't see the late nights. You don't see the, in the shower, you have that like, oh my God, did I send that email? Oh, did I pay that bill? You know, you have these like yeah. little momentary things of, oh, you know, and uh, you don't sleep and you're constantly worrying about how to grow the business and how to reinvest the business. And so for somebody starting out, you know, what would you, what would you recommend to them as something that they could do and do it well, right from the get-go, something that you may have learned along your journey? Yeah. Planning. So that is something to always start off with and constantly do to reevaluate and you don't Mm -hmm. need technology around it. I would say if you can find good guidance around it and definitely take advantage of that, there's several books that can help you just get started. Um, And Probably most entrepreneurs are at least familiar with The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. That's a great mm-hmm. one just to start with. Yep. If you're in a professional services consulting space, then I recommend Million Dollar Consulting by Alan Wise. And then there's uh, Traction by Gina Wickman. I also mm-hmm. recommend as far as really standardizing your processes, really creating a vision for your organization, and then preparing yourself for scaling. Right. You mentioned that word several times today. What does scaling mean to you? So scaling has to do with um, just being able to grow your organization. Mm -hmm. So when I started out, I did everything myself. And of course, just like everybody else, only have 24 hours in a day and a certain amount of energy. So I can't take on, I can only take on X amount of customers if I'm doing everything myself. Mm -hmm. Scaling has to do with being able to take on more. And by doing that, I need to grow my team. Mm-hmm. In order to scale, I need to develop processes to ensure that 
my team is going to deliver the same level of quality that I was promising my customers that I would do myself. Right. So on that, um, you've scaled quite quickly. And um, one of the things you said really, you know, stood out to you on our website, the shiftspot.com was that one of the things we talk about is, you know, some entrepreneurs and CEOs may be secretly afraid to grow, you know, um, because they think if I grow too big, then I'm going to be doing even more than I'm always already doing. And so a lot of times you'll you'll get to a certain level of success and you did it all. You were the CPA, you were the bookkeeper, you were the marketer, you were the salesperson, you were the, you know, IT department, you're doing it all. And and then you can take up to a certain amount of clients. But then you hit that threshold where you can't actually keep both going anymore. So you're at that place where you go, do I even want to get any bigger? Yeah. So what, you know, what have you done or or talk to us about that, uh, those that are secretly afraid to grow? Because I think that we have in a, you know, in our culture, in our world, it's like more success, more success, more, 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 bigger and better USA, woohoo, you know? And um, so then people feel bad when they don't want to continue to grow bigger or get bigger. And it's because like, there's this sort of kind of, devil and angel on the shoulder going, you know, this is what everybody says you should do, but you know, do I really want to do this kind of deal? So talk to us about that feeling. Cause I, I think it's something that's sort of like hidden below the surface that people don't really want to talk about. Yeah. Well, let's see. First I'll, I'll start off with identifying why you're in business and what you want out of it, because there is social pressure to grow, 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 but define what the success means for yourself because you don't need to be the next billion dollar company to be successful because yeah, right. the, more, the larger you are, the more stress, but yes, there's more reward, there's more risk. So just defining what you really want out of this. Right. And then from that point, and while I'll say work with me, even with a goal of growing bigger, there is that fear of growing because once you start taking on more, that's more to manage. Mm-hmm. One thing that helps me sleep at night is one of our core values that I look to um, and look for when I, I try to identify talent and just reinforce, which is trust. Mm-hmm. You're only able to scale if you can trust that people are going to deliver based off of what you promise, and what your mm-hmm. customers trust for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you will stay up late at night if you don't feel that you can trust that your organization is going to succeed without you being involved with everything. Right. If you have to be involved in every step along the way, you're not going to scale, you're not going to grow. Um, and that's just a lot of anxiety. So identifying the right people to trust, to carry things forward, and then stepping back a little bit. So there's a certain type A personality that, you know, ends up being a CEO and entrepreneur or not. How do you step back? How do you let go of the control reins? Yeah. Uh, monitoring. So mm-hmm. even though you trust, um, do you have and in our case, technology, so you can see if your processes are being followed, where you can intervene, where you can coach, just to make sure that everyone is still aligned. Because just because I give, let's say, you know, marching orders to go forward, there's still that verification. Right. Um, make sure that everyone is still aligned. Mm-hmm. And technology is a big enabler of just being able to monitor. Right, right. So uh, where do you see yourself investing resources for growth over the next year? 
Um, I see my team investing in our delivery team, which is our hands-on keyboard customer inter uh, interacting with our customers, um, mm -hmm. individuals. Um, mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, we do have uh, we have one operations person. Um, we have a business operations manager who is also a role that I highly recommend for people starting off early on. That's the mm -hmm. first area that I start letting go, to making sure yeah. that the business ran behind the scenes. Right. And that's yeah. often just people think they can do it themselves. Yeah. Well, and you can up till that certain point. And mm -hmm. then everything starts to suffer. And that's why, you know, we've added the component in the shift spot about the, you know, mind, body and soul component. Yes, we help entrepreneurs and CEOs with their, you know, finances and their processes and their systems and, and all of that. And you mentioned, you know, getting the right information, this shift spot is a wonderful place for that because, you know, we kind of have all of those experts in one little area for you. But it's also like, if you do so much and you do so much and you do so much, you're going to hit a wall and it's going to affect you physically or in a health way. And I have had it happen to me. I mean, the sickest I ever was, I, I was burning it day in and day out. And I was in my late thirties and I had all of the stamina in the world, but you hit a point and, and it doesn't matter if you don't want to slow down, your body will do it for you. You yeah. know, your body will let you know enough is enough. And I know that a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs and CEOs have gotten into similar issues with that. So, um, okay. So um, anything else you want to wrap up to tell our listeners with anything, you know, good, bad, or ugly that you could recommend to them given where you are now? Well, one other piece of advice for especially new entrepreneurs is finding, as you mentioned with the shift spot, a peer group, mm -hmm. find sounding boards, people who either have been through it before, they're going through it now, or they're considering it so you can get multiple perspectives. Because like for me, I'm not the, you know, the best expert when it comes to marketing or accounting or finance or human resources, but I do identify people out there in my circles or resources out there that can help my organization and just get mm -hmm. that feedback, get that advice. Um, and that's one of the things going back to the e-myth, um, the book by Michael Gerber really highlights that you should not look at yourself as an expert in all those different areas and identify those resources as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that way you don't get, you know, into, um, you know, a trouble situation. Right. Right. It's good. Very sound advice. And you have some events coming up in November that you want to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, well, we have what well, is ATP, the Atlanta Technology Professionals Awards Gala, um, mm -hmm. that will be in November. Uh, we also are posting um, events on our LinkedIn page. So if you go and follow Logic Spree on LinkedIn, you'll mm -hmm. be up to date on the various events that we're sponsoring coming up. And we mm -hmm. tend to sponsor events that highlight um technology's impact on business strategy and operations, whether it's through Atlanta Technology Professionals, Technology Association of Georgia, Women in Technology, or Inspired You, which is a nonprofit that we support here locally as well. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And if somebody wanted to reach out to you, um, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah. I would say connect me on LinkedIn. And okay. also, if you do see an event on our LinkedIn page and you're interested in attending, um, feel free to message me and we'll likely have a free ticket for you. 
Ooh, tickets, free tickets. We love that. And mention the shift spot to get a free ticket if they do have one available. So he knows where it came from. So awesome. Well, we appreciate you um, coming on with us today and uh, wish you the utmost continued success. Thank you, Windsor. And it's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Winter here. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder of a service-based business with 11 to 100 employees and have zero to nine years of experience seeking recognition for your exceptional expertise while gaining exposure through our remarkable network, well, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can bring their inspiring stories to light, to the spotlight, and we would love to showcase your journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our whole audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter on LinkedIn by searching The Shift Spot through LinkedIn. I'd love to just even have you pop by and say hello, because I'd love to meet you. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot, truly, to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world. And we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.